Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. How many people know very well about baptism with the Holy Spirit? We need to know deeper. Amen. In fact, after this, after this year, I plan to go through many, many topics that I try, I'm very shy to share about in the church. But God really convicted me that I need to share all those topics so that our church will go to the same direction. Because otherwise, some people understand this way. Some people understand another way. We're going go to go to the same direction so that we can prepare our life for the end time revival, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I share about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the future, I would like to share about the baptism of fire. This is a topic that many people, many churches don't understand and never have experienced. But it's in the Bible and it's something that God wants us to have in the end time. The baptism with fire. Luke chapter 24 verse 49. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus did not ask us to did not beg us to do this. Jesus gave us a command that we must be filled or clothed with power from on high. This is not a request. It's a command. He told the disciples in the early church to wait in Jerusalem. And he said that this is the promise of the Father. The Father in heaven promised the church, you and me, something that the Old Testament people did not have experience. In the Old Testament, only certain group of people were filled with the Holy Spirit. The kings, the prophets, and the priests, and certain group of people only. But the, the Israelite in the Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit like you and me. But God the Father promised in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 29, this is a promise of the end time Church, afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everyone say all. all. Pour out Holy Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughter, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and upon maid servants in those days will I pour out my spirit. The outpouring of the Spirit is a promise of the Father and is a command of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first outpouring we call baptism with the Holy Spirit. But we should not stop at only the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We should stay in the outpouring all the days of our life. We should be in the outpouring, in revival all the days of our life. Jesus said in, uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You notice after I read these three scriptures already, you can see the word on, upon. So when you become a believer, 
you already have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, like you have water in the glass here, that you have the water in the glass inside. But God say it's not enough. The water inside have to come up and fill up and eventually overflow out to be upon or on the glass. So the same thing, baptism with the Holy Spirit is the infilling and overflowing and come all over you, upon you, to give you power. The Holy Spirit come upon you, not just inside, not just with you, but come upon you. When the Holy Spirit come upon me, I feel Him on my skin. I feel Him on my skin. I feel Him on my body because He is over me. And you shall be witnesses, my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the promise of God that God wants to give the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're going to talk about the first experience, not the ongoing When we talk about the baptism of fire, we're going to talk about the ongoing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But tonight we're going to talk about the first experience. You you remember that John the Baptist said it is in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. The word, the word baptism or baptiz, baptizo is a Greek word mean immerse. God said, I want to immerse you, around you, all over you, in the spirit. It's not only inside, but it's like a boat, have the water in the boat, and the boat go into under the water, both inside and outside. So God said, I want to immerse you, I want to put you into the rivers of God. Inside the rivers of God, I want you to be filled and overflow with my power. This, we, talk, we talk about power here. Amen. So Jesus said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it's the same thing when Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. You remember when Peter, before Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was like a chicken. He ran away. He was so afraid of being crucified, being caught as a disciple of Jesus Christ. But after he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, he became bold. You know, when you got filled with the Holy Spirit, you became bold. Like Peter. Peter got up and preached in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. You remember many days ago, only 10 days ago, he was running away, hiding himself. But after he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he became bold. He said, he, he preached like this, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive. You can see that it's interesting when you read the scripture. P- Peter connected right away between being born again and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, in the early church, it's normal for every single person to be filled with the Holy Spirit that, that day, baptized in water that day, and I'm sorry, born again that day. Baptized in water that day and the same day filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a normal practice in the early church. He say he connect like you will receive after you repent the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, what promise? Joel chapter 2. The promise of the Father that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to come to the church, to men and women in the church. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. 
for all whom the Lord our God will call. So even in the early church, when the apostle in the early church talk about repentance, talk about coming to know Jesus, having relationship with Jesus, they connected right away with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the early church know that you cannot live a victorious, powerful Christian walk or life without the power of God. Amen? You fool yourself if you try to be a victorious Christian without the power of God. You need the ongoing feeling of the power of God. Amen. That's why, that's why Pastor Da encouraged all of you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you look at Jesus' life, if you look at Jesus' life, you can see that the, Jesus, His whole life, was related to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. Jesus Himself, the Son of the living God, who stripped off the glory and the power, came down on earth. Born of a virgin. And you can see the whole life of Jesus. He depended and he required the Holy Spirit in every single area of his life. I show you in the scripture here. Luke chapter 1. Today we have read, we're going to read many scripture. Because I want to make sure that you know that I'm not preaching my own thinking. Luke chapter 1, 34 to 35. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Everyone say upon. It's about power. It's about supernatural thing. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How was Jesus born? Jesus was born by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He was not born by the flesh, by the work of the flesh. He was born by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can see his birth requires the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at after 30 years as a carpenter. Now he wanted to become a preacher. He wanted to go out to preach. Before he went out to preach, what happened at the Jordan River? He did not just get up put his pants on, put the shirt on, and go out and preach. Before he went out and preached the gospel, he, before he went out and do the ministry that the Father called him to do, look at what he did. Luke chapter 3, 21 to 22. When all the people were baptized, this happened at the Jordan River, when John the Baptist baptized the people, it came to pass that Jesus was also was baptized. And while he, he prayed, the heaven was open, and I want to tell you, the heaven have not closed down yet. Still open. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is still in the earth today. Amen. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Everyone say upon. You can see that every time we read the scripture regarding the feeling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible used the word on or upon. Because it's about the power on you. Amen. Upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Jesus, before he walked out to do the ministry, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was born by the Spirit. Like all of us, we were born again by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God revealed Jesus to us. 
On the day that I accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me to accept Jesus Christ. And then 1983, I actually before I was filled with the Holy Spirit the first time in my life, I was kind of love God, but I was very, very timid. I dare not talk to people about God very much. I mean, I just try to tell people, but I was still very timid. But I never, never forgot. In 1983, I walk out to the altar call, and the doctor from England lay hand on me. I felt like a just waterfall. Power of God hit me on my head. God, God gone down into my heart, and then I was opened my mouth up and spoke in tongue. That is the first time I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And after that, after that day, that is my witness. My pastor in the Baptist church was my witness. I was bold. I began to preach the word of God. I mean, all the whole Baptist church looked at me and say, this guy looked changed. He became bold now because I received the power from God. So we all, before we start the ministry, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now look at the, another three and a half years of his life. How Jesus was walking. How Jesus was walking. Jesus was walking in the, in the filling of the Holy Spirit every single day. You remember Jesus said in John chapter 5, he said, I, the Son of God, cannot do anything except he see what the Father do. In other words, Jesus only did what he saw the Holy Spirit who revealed the Father what he needed to do. Wow, his life totally, completely, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, totally controlled with the Holy Spirit. He will not say any word if the Holy Spirit doesn't want him to say. I noticed one thing after I, I become more and more controlled by the Holy Spirit. I say less and less. I speak less. Because if I know that what I'm going to say comes from my flesh, I just shut my mouth and don't say it. But if the Holy Spirit wants me to say something, I say it. You become less, you become more quiet. Many years ago, I, I was so mad at one pastor. Actually, he's an evangelist. I, I wonder why this man doesn't say, did not say much to me. He was so quiet. I met him and I say, and he's just quiet. And now I understand him. That because he was led by the Holy Spirit, he was not just talking blah, 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 from his flesh all the time. So the man was led by the Spirit of God most of the time, I believe. So we need to be that kind. How many people want to be like Jesus? You sing the song, I want to be like him. Is that right? You know, I'm going to talk about this more this year. And you're going to find out that, oh, to become like Jesus is different from what you think. And this is one of it, is to become like Jesus, is to be filled, let control by the Spirit 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Amen. And that is to become like Jesus. Hallelujah. You look so excited about that. I'm excited about that. I want to become like Jesus. Amen. So Jesus was born by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled by the Holy Spirit, come upon him before he started the ministry. And then what happened after that? When he was start to, started to walk out to, to perform, to do the ministry, to preach, to teach, to make disciples, and to heal the sick and cast out demons. His ministry, Jesus' ministry is unique. Jesus' ministry, I believe that many churches in the world right now, especially in America, will not welcome him to be a pastor. Because he walked into any church, going to make everyone unhappy. 
Because people are gonna start to cry, demon gonna come out. People start to have manifestation because his power is so strong that when he walk in, demon have to leave. So a lot of churches will not welcome Jesus. Amen. He may walk around and start to spit and put his saliva on your face, and you will not like him. So that's why people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, cannot fit in with any denomination because they're gonna do things. That denomination will not do. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter four. I need to stay with my sermon, otherwise I I will never finish. Luke chapter four, fourteen to fifteen. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is after he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Luke chapter four. He returned. Everyone say in the power, in the power. of the Holy Spirit. I want to be like that. I want to walk every day in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Smith Brooksworth, who walk in the train and people just just zop and say, "What can I do to repent?" I want to be like Peter, that when the when the um, the shadow fall on the sick, they got healed. The power of God is so so thick upon these people in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want just to have a preaching ministry. Amen. A lot of people have good preaching, but I want to have the ministry of power, miraculous working power. I want to see people get healed. I want to people get set free from demon and bondage and curses. I don't want just to have a good preaching. Amen. And in Galilee, to Galilee, and news of him went out through the surrounding region, and he taught in the synagogue, being glorified by all. And you see, Jesus walk out. He start the ministry with the power of God. He was born by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he start to serve God with the power of the Holy Spirit. And look at what he said. What happened to his life was a fulfillment of the prophecy. In he said in Luke chapter four, verse twenty one, he began to say to them, <clears throat> "Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." You know what scripture he read? I read for you. Isaiah chapter sixty one verse one. This is what he read about himself: "The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound." You notice that Jesus did not only preach. Jesus performed signs and wonder. Jesus set the captive free. Jesus cast out demon, heal the sick, and we want the ministry of Jesus back to the world today. Amen. Hallelujah. And look at what happened. He quote that scripture. He say in Luke chapter four, eighteen to nineteen. He quote that scripture. He say like this: The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everyone say upon. upon. Jesus was born with the spirit inside him already, because he was born by the spirit. Like you were born again by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. When you were born again, the Spirit of God is inside you. But don't stop there. You need to be filled on a pawn of the Holy Spirit upon you to serve the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. We are in the ministry of healing the brokenhearted. We are not a, in a ministry of criticism, condemning people, making people bad have bad feeling. We are in the ministry of 
healing the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. We are in the ministry of helping people to come out from captivity of the devil and recovery of sight to the blind. Open the eyes of people to see the things of God. Not only physical eyes, but spiritual eyes. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. That is our ministry, the ministry of Jesus Christ. We need to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. So you can see from this scripture, from the beginning to the end, from the birth to the end, He was even raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 say that. The Bible says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And He who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal body. The Spirit, from the beginning to the end, He depended on the power of the Holy Spirit. Who are we that we say, I don't need the power of the Holy Spirit? If Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit, we even needed the power of the Holy Spirit even more because we are just human beings. That's why I say a while ago when I pray, I say, I come to this point of my life that I am done without the anointing. I cannot preach without an anointing. I cannot do anything without the anointing. I need the anointing. I need the Holy Spirit to come upon me. Amen? And in order to enter into that realm of the power, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit the first time. And after that, you keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Three persons. God has three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me give you simple explanation this way about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Many Christians are very confused. They don't know how to relate to God the Father. They don't know how to relate to God the Son. And they don't know how to relate to God the Holy Spirit. Let me make it very simple. Okay? God the Father is sitting on the throne. He is not down here. You cannot see God the Father. If you look at God the Father, you will be blind. Because His glory was even higher than the sun. How, how many people know that if you look at the sun for a few minutes, your retina, your eyes will be damaged. So you cannot look at the Father by your physical eyes. He sits on the throne. He is the one who says, yes, no. Yes, no. Bless, boom. He is the one who gives the command. He is the one who says, yea or nay. But in order to reach to the Father, you need to go through your lawyer, advocate. He, his name is Jesus. That's why when we ask God, we don't ask Jesus. We ask, Father, do this in Jesus' name. Jesus is our channel. is our advocate or our lawyer, our representative. He died for us. He represents us in heaven. But Jesus, His body is in heaven too right now. His glorious body is in the right hand of the Father. But who execute or make everything that the Father say, yea, nay, yea, nay, happen on earth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit make everything happen on earth through you and me and on earth right now. He is the most important person in the church now, unfortunately. You know, how many people have we call rejection complex? You are rejected. You, no one talked to you for many days. You know, sometimes you go to church, no one greets you. I tell you right now, if somebody is going to have the rejection complex, the Holy Spirit will be that person. He is the most ignored person in the church. He is the most ignored person in Christian, Christian kingdom. 
How, when was the last time you were talking to the Holy Spirit? Ten years ago, some of you. I talk to the Holy Spirit all, every, single time, every single minute. I just talk to Him. What He want me to say, what He want me to do. He is the one who make things happen. He's the one who help you. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verses 6 to 7, Because I have said this thing, you are filled with grief, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said it's good for us that he goes away. He went away. Why? Because Jesus can be at one place at one time, at one location. Is that right? Therefore, in order to minister to every one of us in every part of the world, at any time, midnight, 1 o'clock, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., anytime, and anywhere, in the airplane, in the car, any place, any language, any tribe, any nation, He needs to send the Holy Spirit who can dwell in us and work with us and work for us. Amen. He sent the counselor. He sent the helper. The Bible is called uh, the Holy Spirit, many names. In Amplified Bible, John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, He will give you another. The word another means another person of the same kind in Greek language. Another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that He may remain with you forever. The Holy Spirit is God that's going to remain in you and help you. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is not the energy. The Holy Spirit is not just an abstract. He is a person. How can we know? Because the Bible says so. Amen. I read the scripture to you. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer and what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Can an energy teach? Cannot. Only a person can teach. The Holy Spirit will teach you what to say when you come to the circumstance that you need to proclaim Jesus Christ. I listened to the testimony of an evangelist. She's a woman, single woman. Went to Vietnam just last week. And she got arrested by the Vietnamese soldier. And she was interviewed for three hours, tried to put her in jail because she went there to preach the gospel. She preached the gospel, actually. But God gave her, she shared with, with us in the meeting, in the camp uh, that I just went, that God, the Holy Spirit just came upon her and just told, say everything that will protect herself, but without lying. The wisdom of God, and they let her go. And actually, before they let her go, one of the soldiers, Vietnamese soldier, gave her a package and said, can you send to my relative in Texas too? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. God, Holy Spirit, can tell us what to do. He is our teacher. He tells us. He leads us. Amen. Not only that, in Acts chapter 20, verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testified in every city, saying, the chains and tribulations await me. The Holy Spirit can warn you of the future. He knows the future. He can tell you what's going to happen. Amen. That's why Pastor Dad come up and say, Fill with the Holy Spirit. You're going to save a lot of 
chaos in your life. I tell you, save millions of dollars. I shared this story uh, uh, one time that you know God told me not to take one patient. I don't want to go into de- detail because I don't have time. And you, you know, after I obeyed the Holy Spirit, three years later, that patient sent a letter to the lawyer, not the patient. The lawyer sent a letter to every doctor that he wanted to sue, and I got saved because I listened to the Holy Spirit. I did not take care of that patient. Amen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He knows the future. Actually, when I on the phone call, he even told me, Holy Spirit told me in my heart, don't take this patient, lawsuit is coming. And I hang up the phone, I didn't take the patient, and lawsuit came three years later. God never lies. Amen. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 16, 6 to 7. Are you okay? You're not bored? No? Okay. Because this is basic lesson. Acts chapter 16, 6 to 7. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they had come to Mysia and they tried to go in Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. You can see that the Holy Spirit guides us in our ministry. He will tell us what to do, where to go, what to say. He guides us. He is the best helper. Amen. Therefore, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you feel kind of dry, you feel like, oh, I don't hear God's voice anymore. You feel like, I I don't have a, a lot of love anymore for people. Get a drink. If you don't feel that you hear the voice of God, get a drink. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about new wine. Get a drink of new wine. I just got a drink two days ago. I got drunk in the Holy Spirit two days ago for almost two hours. I got a drink. Oh, I come up. Now I have more love again. I have more energy again. If you don't have bonus, get a drink of the new wine. Amen. That's why our church believes in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you need more patience, get a drink. If you need forgiveness, get a drink. After God touched me on Wednesday, on Thursday, God came upon me. Uh, oh, I tell you, I forgive everyone that day that offended me. I came back to the chair and told her, oh, da, I forgive everyone. You know, I feel that I need to forgive all of them. I got a drink and I can forgive. Because the only person can help you to overcome sin is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to live in the flesh, in your sinful nature. Romans chapter 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. In other words, Holy Spirit can help you to pray. Every time you pray, I, I, I tell you, this is my secret. When I pray, I do this. When I pray, I put my antenna up. Beep, 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 and I listen to the Holy Spirit, what I need to say. So every word I pray, I pray by what Holy Spirit tells me to say. Not only to pray in tongue, but pray in English too, or in Thai, whatever. But I will pray only what the Holy Spirit tells me to pray. I connect myself to the Holy Spirit and pray according to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the life of Jesus, you can see the life of Jesus needs the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now look at the early church. The whole book of Acts, actually the book of Acts is not the Acts of the Apostle. The book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? We are still in the book of Acts if we cook up to the Holy Spirit. We are still writing the book right now. Amen. We're going to write the book of history in Seattle. 
We're gonna write a book of history in different country. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad I got the email from Thailand this morning. I came back home and heard about revival that happened in the church in n a k o n p a t h o m Oh, I'm so happy that God came down and touched people there. Amen. The the history of n a k o n p a t h o m is being changed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Look at what happened in the early church in Acts chapter one verses four to five. The early church start this way. You know, the early church did not start by committee. The early church did not ha- ha- start by a group of people sit together and plan how to plan church. The, this is how the early church start. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart by the relationship with Christ. They met Jesus. Okay, to depart from Jerusalem, to, to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You have heard from me." For John truly baptized with water. This is what Jesus said to them. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The early church started by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After they have relationship with Christ, born again, the early church was started by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter one verse eight, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And look at the result. Acts chapter five. Verses 12 to 16. Look at the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and through the hands of the apostle. If you don't like the laying on of hand, you need to repent, because in the early church they lay hand all the time. Through the hands of the apostle, Amen. So the early church, I believe, lay hand more than me, because through the hands of the apostle, many signs. So they use their hand to perform signs and wonder. Many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dare join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. I don't think it's about the shadow; it's about the anointing. Amen. I don't know. You have this experience. I told that I, I have experience when I walk close to somebody who have so high anointing, I almost collapse. I'm serious. I, I mean, this is not in the meeting; it's just talking, just a conversation. I walk close to some of the people that have high anointing. I I, I start to shake. My body start to react to the anointing because the anointing is so strong. Come out of him. The anointing is tangible. The anointing is material of God. It's the power of God that come out from the person. So the anointing comes out from Peter, and the multitude gather from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They were all. Everyone say all. all. Oh, I want to see this happen in our church. That one day everybody who is sick come to church, heal. Every demon possessed person come to the church, get delivered. How many people want to see that? We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to walk in the Spirit, because the only person can do that through you, in you, and through you is the Spirit of God. You don't have anything to offer to people. I tell you, you don't have anything to offer. Only the Holy Spirit can offer through you. You are the hands of the Holy Spirit. You are the mouth of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at what happened in the early church. I'm going to read many scripture here, so you can see that the early church depended on the Holy Spirit. The early church 
really believe in the keep being filled and being filled again and again by the Holy Spirit. Keep drinking the new wine. Have a drink. You know, people in the world, after they work, by Friday night, they get tired. What they do? They go to the nightclub and they get drink. They get a drink. Charge up. But Christians so dry. Never get a drink from God. We need to learn how to get a drink from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. So the early church started by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, after that, Acts chapter 4 verse 8, Peter did not say, you know, I was filled on the upper room. I don't need any more outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't need any more. No, no, no. Look at what happened to Peter. Then Peter got a drink too. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how, how I believe that there must be some kind of manifestation. That's why people can write that scripture. Luke, Luke is the one who wrote Acts, the book of Acts. I think Luke can see that something happened to Peter. Otherwise, how can he know that the Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit? You cannot prove anything unless you, have, you see some physical manifestation. Say to them, rulers of people and elders of Israel. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Now the whole church. <laughs> and when they had prayed, the place that where, where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Amen. The whole church need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to keep preaching this until you get it. If you don't get it today, I'm going to keep preaching until you get it. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word of God. Acts chapter five, 7 verse 55. Look at Stephen. And he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. All the disciples in the early church Full of the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1 verse 24, 22 to 24. It's a characteristic of the early church disciple. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go out as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man. Look at the characteristic of Barnabas. Full of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be used by God, you don't walk in the flesh. You don't fool, fill your, your life with the stuff of the flesh. Criticism, anger, unforgiveness, all the sinful nature. You need to get rid of those things and that's why God needs to send the fire of God into the house of God to burn all the bad stuff out of our life. Amen. It's not about falling and laughter and about shaking. It's about the inner change by the fire of God. Then God come and touch you. You repent and you say, God, deal with me. Change me. Get rid of all the chunks of my life. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The more you feel, the more love you're going to have. The more humility you're going to have. The more patience you're going to have. The more forgiveness you're going to have. All the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings to you everything that you need to walk like Jesus. Amen. Now, look at the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. What the Bible talks about. About being filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that even though I do not talk about the file of God today because it's not the topic. But in the early church, in the upper room, 
when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the fire too. You remember the Bible say, you will, they shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Bible did not say with the Holy Spirit or fire, not all, and. So a lot of manifestation in the early, at that time in the early church have also mixed with the manifestation of the being filled with the fire of God too. So it's a little bit confusing, but that's okay. It can be many things. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I don't want just a really gentle breeze. I want a mighty rushing wind in our church. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. They were filled with fire too. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you can see from this scripture that the sign, the physical sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit here is to speak with other tongues, not your own language. Maybe angelic language, maybe human language. Amen? And maybe angelic language, but they hear you another language. I heard testimony all the time that people speak in tongue, in angelic language, but somebody help heard somebody else in the church heard in their own language because it's signs and a wonder. It's a sign and a wonder. Make people wonder. Wow, he can talk my language. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46. While Peter was still speaking this word, the Holy Spirit fell upon. Can the Holy Spirit come now upon the church while the preacher is preaching? Yes. You don't need to wait until you close your eyes, bow your head, and Holy Spirit come right now. No, Holy Spirit can come into this church anytime. While you're preaching, the Holy Spirit can come down and heal the sick and touch people and cast out demons. Amen? While Peter was still speaking this word, while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon. Everyone say upon. All those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also. How do they know? They don't just sit there and look at their face. Oh, you feel right now. Oh, thank God. No, 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 no. There is a sign. Anytime the Holy Spirit, you know, last Sunday, the Holy Spirit is moving here. And one young American lady was kind of scared to see the Holy Spirit moving. And I, I went to her and explained to her, you know, I, I told her, you know, what you see is like this. If you put your finger in the electrical, what do you call Socket. What can happen to you? There must be some manifestation. Is that right? Manifestation can be shaking. Can be, ah, like this. You know, some, something happened. Or some people, the hair will go up or something. You know, the, the goosebump. So you have manifestation when the power of God touch you. Last Sunday, one lady came out here. She is from El Salvador. Came to our church first time. She came out to be prayed for for healing because she has headache for years. She went to see doctor and doctor. No one know what happened. I lay hand on her, and then I noticed she spoke in tongue. And I asked her, "Are you speaking tongue before?" No, the first time she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And today, Cha told me that the headache never came back. It's gone. She was completely healed by the power of God. There is a manifestation. 
physical manifestation when you got touched by God. But I think the, the problem is that is the degree you're hungry. You can draw more. The more you desperate, the more you're hungry. You draw the power. God loves the hungry. Amen. That's why he said, draw near to me and I draw near to you. Amen. Hallelujah. And God needs to respond. God needs your response. You notice one thing. When God show up, I know I go out of my sermon again, but I need to share this so that you understand the, the, about the issue of the response. When, when, when Moses saw God at the burning bush, they walk in. And God didn't speak. He saw the sign. Until when Moses say, when the Bible said, he turned aside and looked. In other words, in, in the Hebrew language, mean he just ignored everything about what he was doing, tending the flock, tending the sheep, and he turned and responded to the glory of God. Boom! The Bible said, God spoke to Moses. You remember when God spoke to, when God uh, called Eli, uh, not Eli, called Samuel. He called Samuel, Samuel. And then done. And then Samuel didn't say anything, ran to Eli. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Until the third time when Samuel said, Lord, what do you want? Bam, God speak. The same thing with the drawing near to God Touching by God. You need to respond. You cannot just say, God, you can do whatever you want. Okay, I, I just sit here. I don't care. You, you do your part. I don't do my part. No, no, you do your part. You need to respond. You need to reach to Him. You need to say, God, I'm desperate. I need you. That's the kind of, kind of character of God. Our God loves to see His people hungry for Him and press into Him and say, God, I need you. God doesn't like lay back people. That's why he said, I spit you out, lukewarm people. He doesn't like lukewarmness. He likes people on fire, hot for God, hungry for God. Amen. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. You need to be hot. You need to say, God, I'm hungry. Amen. Come back to my sermon here. Acts 19 verses 1 to 6. I try to teach you about the right attitude to come to God, to the Holy Spirit. When it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul having pressed through the up, oh, I'm, I haven't finished reading verse 46 yet. I'm sorry. For they heard them. How did they, how did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They know that these people were filled with the Holy Spirit because they spoke in other tongues. That is a sign of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, and said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Isn't that interesting? Paul did not ask, What is the name of your pastor? What denomination you come from? What church you go to? He didn't care. Because in, in heaven, there is no denomination. In heaven, there is... God doesn't look at those things. The first question he asks, do you receive the Holy Spirit? It means that to receive the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from being born again. If, because Paul thought that these people are big Christians. So you don't ask, if you think that to receive the Holy Spirit the first time when you receive Christ is over, then Paul would not ask that question. Is that right? He would not ask that, do you receive the Holy Spirit? It's a separate experience the disciple in the upper room already born again. 
They already have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. You remember John chapter 21 say Jesus breathed on them when they say you are the Christ. They already have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. So this is not talking about having Holy Spirit inside as a born again person. We are talking about upon, on, the power to live a victorious life. We have not much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, mean on Jesus, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now they're baptized in water in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid hand on them again, God, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit already happened 2,000 years ago. The heaven already opened 2,000 years ago. But God still used a human vessel to bring the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I know that sometimes people, people criticize me. Why he lay hand all the time? Because God, in the Bible, used a man who come up with a fire and just fire. Just get the fire of God into people, lay hand. By laying on of hand, by stirring up the gift inside. That's how the Bible, that's what the Bible talk about. He still used human. God used human to bring revival, to bring the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when they heard this, they were baptized. And when Paul had laid hand on them, the Holy Spirit came upon. Everyone say upon. Upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen. So you can see here that one of the common signs that happened when people were filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament and today in the church of New Testament is speaking with other tongues. Amen. But the Bible talks about other manifestations too. Prophesy. Drunk in the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about drunk. When people get drunk, what is the sign? Cannot walk. Cannot balance. Laugh. Make loud noise. Amen. I think you all should ask God, God, get me drunk one day. Drunk in the Holy Ghost. You should not be satisfied with only what you have. I ask God everything. One day I just ask God, God, I want to get drunk today. God, keep me. I experienced being drunk in the Holy Spirit. Another day I say, God, I want to feel the wind of God. I feel the wind of God. I ask God because God says, ask and it will be given to you. I want to experience everything in the Bible says so I can teach from my experience. I don't want just to teach from the, the, the word. I want to have experience of what the Bible talks about here. Amen. So many signs, I don't want to emphasize that today because it's not the topic. Amen. Now, how should we receive the Holy Spirit? How should we receive the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Number one, we need to have the right attitude. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with why? Drunk means control, means manipulated by something. When you get drunk by why, the why control you to be happy, to laugh, to whatever. In which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So, the first attitude you should have is that it's very important 
It's very necessary. It's a must that I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. My life needs to be controlled, manipulated, marinated, full, everything dumped into the rivers of God, controlled by the Spirit of God. Amen. The Bible says, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. The word sons of God in the book of Romans are mature sons. There are two words in the Greek language. I'm not going to talk in detail today. One son is just kind of any son, baby, whatever, can be son. But when the book of Romans say, those who are led by the Spirit are sons, which means mature son. People who are mature in the Lord are led by the Spirit of God. And if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. You don't need to memorize all the scripture to do this. I love my wife now more than before. Today I was sitting in the airplane, look at her, oh, I fall in love with her. No, not because I have to follow the law that I love my wife, but because the Holy Spirit worked on the inside of me to love my wife more and more each day. When I walk in the Spirit, I don't need to be under the law because the Spirit will make me follow the law anyway inside me. You see what I mean? So when you follow the Holy Spirit, you are led by the Spirit, you are more mature. You are the mature men and women of God. Amen. So have a good attitude toward the Holy Spirit. When I start to lay hand, don't run away. This thing again? Give me a break. Get out of here. Pastor, you lay hand again. No, you say, God, I love the Holy Spirit. Have a right attitude toward the Holy Spirit. Don't be like the Israelite in, in Exodus chapter, I think chapter 20. They ran away when God's glory showed up in the mountain. Only Moses and Aaron, uh, Moses and Joshua ran toward the glory of God. Amen. Number two, Galatians chapter three, verse two and fourteen. The Bible said, "This only I want to learn from you: Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith?" Verse fourteen: That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit. It's interesting. Oh, I don't have enough time. I'd like to explain all this scripture. You know, the promise of the Holy Spirit is in Joel chapter 2, is that right? But then the Bible connects the promise of the Holy Spirit in Joel chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the blessing. In other words, all the blessings that come to your life come through the Holy Spirit. And, and you receive the Holy Spirit not because you are an uh, elder or pastor or graduate from Bible school or because you have hate knowledge or because you follow the law. No. By faith. You receive Him by faith. Through faith. Through faith. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be a, you know, knowledgeable man in the uh, guy in the Word of God. You just come to God by faith. God loves faith. God wants to fill you up if you have faith. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and every one of you be baptized. You need to repent. You need to come to God with a humble heart and say, God, I am a sinner. I need help. You don't come to God with a prideful attitude. God, you're so lucky to have me. No. You know, I still pray like this. In the last three days in the worship, in the, in the camp that I went, I said, God, I am still have a lot of dirty things in my life. Could you please come and clean me up? I have a lot of dirty things in my heart that block the Holy Spirit to work through me. Come and touch me and clean me up. 
Can you imagine I still pray like that as a pastor? I still have a lot of things in my life that I need to change. Amen. Repent of your sin. John chapter 7. Are you okay? John chapter 7, 37 to 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, everyone say thirst. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Have a drink. Drink what? The new wine, the Holy Ghost. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then verse 39, talk about water that is the Holy Spirit. So, the, another attitude you need to have is, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. God rebuked me on last Wednesday. He said, son, I think you start to be lukewarm. You're not desperate anymore. You have everything you need. You have good practice. The church is doing okay. No debt anymore in this church. You have good wife. You have everything good. You're not desperate anymore. Get desperate. More than before. Get hungry. Get thirsty for me. Don't be like that. Don't be lukewarm. I say, God, I repent. God was speaking to me in the airplane. I'm sorry. I mean, I was on the airplane to Tampa, Florida. God rebuked me. He said, you are not desperate anymore. You start to get lukewarm. Can you imagine? God told me that I'm lukewarm. How about you? <laughs> if I'm lukewarm. I'm serious. God said you need to be hungrier. You, you cannot receive anything from God if you are not thirsty for the things of God. You need to be thirsty. Ah, I want to drink more. I, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for the Spirit of God. Don't come in with this attitude. Uh, kind of take it for granted. Oh, again. The laying, on, the laying on of hand again. Oh, the touch of God again. Pastor say about this again. No, stay hungrier. Because you know why? You need to move from glory to glory to glory. You're not there yet. You have not been like Christ yet. You still have a lot of junks in inside of you. That God needs to deal with you. If you think you have arrived, you're in trouble. You need more. You need to stay hungry. Amen. Then... Luke chapter 11, verse 13 say, i almost done. I know it's a long sermon because I want to finish the whole series. If you then, this is a basic in our church, okay? This lesson is basic. This is the first, les- first few lessons for new believers in our church. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It's interesting. You know, Luke chapter 11 before that, in verse 9, the Bible says, Ask and it will be given. Knock, it will be opened to you. Seek and you shall find. You know, when you read the scripture, Oh, I need money. I need a girlfriend. I need a job. I need a wife. I need that and this. But at the end of the passage, he said, Ask for the Holy Spirit. You know what it says? It says that if you have the Holy Spirit, you can have everything. The Holy Spirit is the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. He is the owner of the, all the wisdom, all the joy, all the love, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the insight. If you have the Holy Spirit, your business will be fine because He's going to give you wisdom how to handle the business. Amen. You're going to have a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You have everything. That's why you need to ask for the Holy Spirit. You're going to sit idly, lay back and say, God, Kwasila, Sila. Whatever will be, will be. If you have this attitude, you get nowhere. 
You need to be hungry. God, fill me. Touch me. Hungry for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cannot just sit there and say whatever. No, get hungry. I never come to church and just, you know, kind of lay back. I'm come hungry. I want God to touch me. I want God to do something in my life. Ask God. Amen. And then cooperate with, cooperate with God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit began to speak it with other tongues. Is that right? No, no. The Bible did not say Holy Spirit speak. Who speak? We speak. We need to cooperate. Last, as I mentioned last Sunday, the, the sister who stands here from El Salvador, I, I can tell when people will feel with the Holy Spirit. I can look at the face, I can tell because I lay hand on thousands of people. So I say, open your mouth and speak right now. And she opened her mouth, she, she cooperated and she spoke in tongue. But she kind of, she was shaking like this and kind of shocked. She doesn't know what to do. So I say, okay, open your mouth and speak. Bam! She spoke in tongue. She, she cooperated. So the same thing. When God touch you, when God feel you, and God make you want to laugh, you need to cooperate. Don't quench. Laugh. Amen. If God want to touch you and you feel your leg lost strength, you go. Don't, don't fight with God. You know, God is a gentleman. You need to cooperate with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Cooperate with God. What is the benefit of baptism with the Holy Spirit? Last thing today. Number one, simple, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You need the power. If you want to have the power, you need the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning of walking in the power of God. Amen. I told Pastor Da that last few days before I left town, about five people coughed on me. Cough, get a cold. I was standing in my office, my patient, ha, ha, I was standing there. Hmm, this is not good because I'm going to Tampa. I don't want to be sick. Another person walking, ha, And you know, I know I have power. I have the power of God. I say, in Jesus' mighty name, this virus die. You cannot touch me. And I did not get sick. No sickness. Cannot touch me. You have the power to tell the virus to die. You have the power to tell the sickness to go away. You have the power to tell demon to leave. Amen. You have the power to command things to happen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The authority, the power come by the Holy Spirit. Number two, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You're going to be better witness for God. You're going to have bonus to witness why many Christians are told so timid. Because they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you feel you're going to be bold, you're going to witness, you're going to knock the door, you're going to go and tell people about God. Amen? You're not timid anymore. Number three. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue as the Spirit gave them. And then the Bible says in verse 11, they hear them speak in our own language. The wonderful works of God. You're going to have easier time praising God. The Holy Spirit help you to praise God. Hook up to God in worship. When you worship God, you worship in spirit. And who's going to help you in spirit to worship God? The Holy Spirit. 
Amen. So many people come to the service and cannot worship God. Just look at the, why these people so can worship. I cannot worship because they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit help you to worship. Amen. The Bible says like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in tongue personally. And you can, when you pray in tongue, you edify yourself. You have more power. You have more energy. I heard that Mick Wigglesworth prayed in tongue for one hour before he got on the stage to minister. He prayed in tongue for one hour. He built himself up in faith. More faith. Amen. So pray in tongue a lot. You need to pray in tongue a lot to build yourself up. Amen. Last one. John chapter 14 verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither see him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and with, be with you. The spirit of truth. The Bible says that the spirit of truth will teach you and bring to you all the things that God wants to tell you. If you want to read the Bible with, with understanding and revelation of God, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read the Bible, it will come like, the Word will become so real to you, you understand the deep things of God, the mystery of God, the revelation of God. Amen? You know, I have a lot of books that I wrote 15 years ago. But in the past few years, after I have been in revival, when I read the same book that I wrote, this, this lesson I wrote about 15, 16 years ago, the same book I, I read, now the, the word become more deeper than before. Because the Holy Spirit showed me things, the deep things of God. Amen. And not only that, He did not only show you the deep things of God, but He also get you to have experience. I, I thank God, I, I mentioned to many people in this church that for some reason, this is the way God teach me. He let me have experience first. He let me have experience for a few months and then suddenly the word of God, I read the word and pow, just jump over the paper. Like, oh, that's it, it. I did not see it before, but because I have experience, I understand more what the Bible says. So Christianity is not just about theory. True Christianity have experience. People jump up and down, get healed from God. The blind can see. Amen. You can feel the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit may work in your life. You can have experience with God. It's not just about theory. Amen. So, we don't depend on experience, but there are experiences if God is real. Is that right? Amen. So, I pray that everyone in this room will be filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Welcome the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The spirit that the world cannot receive. You know, I noticed one thing. That every time the Holy Spirit is moving, many people don't like it. And the reason they don't like because the flesh rises up. And the flesh will fight. Don't get into the Holy Spirit because the flesh knows that you're going to be set free. Demons know that you're going to be set free. So demon doesn't like you to be around the Holy Spirit. Don't listen to your head. Listen to God. Go with the word of God because your head is going to tell you not to go after the Holy Spirit. 
I pray that all of you in this church will be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, for all the scriptures that you teach us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the revelation. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the power. Father, I break the yoke of misunderstanding, of fear, the yoke of being negative toward the things of God, the things of the Spirit of God in this church. Lord, the yoke of tradition and religion. Religion try to tell them not to seek the Holy Spirit, but only seek formality, the form of godliness, but deny the power of God. Father, I break that joke in Jesus' mighty name in this house. Lord, set the captive free today. That your people will seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Your people will love the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Spirit of God. Yes, Lord. Help them, Lord. And the Holy Spirit will fill even the kids in our church, Lord. I pray that the kids in this church will be filled and speak in tongue when they are young. There will be Holy Ghost people, Lord. Lord, I pray that we're going to go to the next level in the glory. We're going to go to the next level of the Holy Spirit in our church. We are not happy where we are. We want to go to the next level, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much, 